Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Community Resilience Podcast. Today, we're talking about green spaces. I'm your host, Dave Repka, and I'm here with my other co-hosts, Marina and Thomas. Marina, it's hot. Hot and humid. And thanks God we have all these trees in Miami. Thank God. Actually, not all of Miami shares the same liberties and luxuries that we have here in the Coral Gables area. Why? What are these other places like? So, in the more centralized urban inner city areas of Miami-Dade County, they actually suffer from massive green space deprivation, as in they don't have the amount of parks and open green spaces of grass that we have here and around campus. I was talking to a student at UM, and he was explaining to me that there are a ton of places in Miami that are facing a green space shortage. Who? His name is Nakosi Muse, and he's a grad school student at Rasmus studying environmental science. You guys got to listen to what he told me. The lack of green space means a lack of shade immediately. You know, um, even if you're not a scientist, you know that standing out, you know, in the hot sun, you know, is, is worse than standing out, you know, under a tree. I'd rather be hot under a tree, you know. The more green spaces uh, you would think, you know, would be the better. Um, if anything, I think green spaces are also at risk, you know, being bought out in the and I know there's some designated areas in Liberty City, you know. All right, so let's talk about the designated areas. Does he mean that these areas are being redesigned and reintroduced to provide more green space? I don't think so. These designated areas are being used for real estate development, not for recreational purposes. And if we're removing the green space areas, you know, we're just kind of perpetuating the problem um, by adding more impervious surface, um, which is what I was saying before, if we're going to develop areas more um, it needs to be so in a, in a resilient and sustainable manner. Right. So I guess what he's saying makes perfect sense because obviously if you think about places like downtown Miami or Coral Gables or even Coconut Grove, you have much more of a green image in your head. Whereas what Nkosi is trying to describe is that these places that have traditionally more pavement also consequently are going to have higher temperatures all across the city just because of the amount of heat absorption in these areas due to the high levels of concrete. I interviewed the chief heat officer from Miami. Pat Riley? No, Jane Gilbert. She was explaining to me the drastic effects these areas are subjected to because of the ramp removal of green spaces and paired up with large development projects. But listen closely, she's a little bit quiet. We have areas in the county that have, that are 10 to 15 degrees Fahrenheit hotter at any given moment than what is being read at the National Weather Service Station. So, I mean, it's only getting hotter. This isn't something that's just gonna miraculously fix itself overnight. And it's an issue that's affecting everybody, but it's, you know, more importantly, a problem for those with lower income. I mean, it's hitting them harder. They're the ones that can't afford air conditioning and keep themselves cool at night. I mean, we're in South Florida. We're lucky if it hits lower than 75 degrees. Now imagine who's working out there. Imagine the heat they suffer. Yeah, without a break, all day, right. Now, on top of all that, if you really take into consideration the aspects of life of somebody who lives in the Gables compared to those of someone who lives in around the Liberty City or Little Haiti community, I mean, imagine the added challenges they face on a daily basis that we probably don't really even consider. I mean, they could be without a vehicle, so they're probably taking the bus. So they're already walking on the sidewalk that has no tree canopy or shade to give them some sort of relief from the sun. And then on top of all that, these bus stops, they don't have covers. 
So when you finally get to your end destination, you're still sitting around on concrete getting cooked from all angles. So Jane also spoke a little bit about this and what we could do or the already persisting issues that exist for urban street workers. For many of those outdoor workers, there's not a lot we can do in terms of the urban design. Right, so as Jane said, right now there isn't a lot we could do for the urban workers in terms of limiting or improving the amount of concrete and green space that exists in these areas. So in essence, there is this concrete to green space ratio and it's just going to be a lot harder for everyone in these areas, especially when the, the ratio favors concrete because most people living in these areas don't have the same resources and privileges that most other people living in Miami already have. But we, there is a lot we can do on our urban design generally for, for our cities. What these people need are more green spaces. There need to be more soccer fields, more parks, something where people can get together and enjoy the community that they're surrounded by. Well, why doesn't the city just direct more money and resources to the needs of these areas, right? It's not an easy thing to do, though. Oh. Our hands are a little tied in terms of regulating tree canopy by the state. So it really is a matter of educating and getting people to value. Right? I don't think another casino is going to make the everyday lives of those in these areas any easier. And I'm also not saying that a park will solve all of their everyday issues and make life a, a walk in the park, no pun intended. For sure, but you know there is a plan implemented by Miami-Dade County called the Adopt-A-Tree Program. The purpose is for residents to request a tree or give residents the opportunity to request a tree to be planted in their residential area. Okay, okay, so let me explain just a little more. The Adopt-A-Tree Program provides Miami-Dade single families and duplex homeowners with two free trees every year. So, I mean, in four years, you will have eight trees. And this means you will contribute with eight newly planted trees to your area. And by your area, I mean either in front of your residence or in the greater area. And check this out. More than 200,000 trees have been adopted since the program began in 2001. Actually, after speaking with Kosi, um, I think a few weeks ago, when he told us about the program, I hopped on the webpage to learn more about the options provided and the prerequisites to have your pledge submitted. The good news is that residential building owners are not allowed to receive tree donations because it would be a free improvement on their own personal interests. However, renters and residents of these duplex, single home, and condos are allowed and encouraged to submit requests for having trees planted in their areas. This is important because it gives the residents an advantage over owners and developers to have the say in where more trees should be planted. If there were more people in line to have trees planted, it would certainly slow down the process for residents wanting to start growing more green in their areas. To receive a tree, all the resident has to do is submit a photo of their driver's license with the matching address of the location they wish to plant the tree, or in the case of renters, present a copy of the property owner's identification and written authorization to plant the trees. So everyone could plant a tree and register. It's one step closer to get this green space shortage back on track in these areas that are suffering, and anywhere that could use some green. 
I really hope anyone that's interested is willing to sign up and adopt to pledge a new tree. If everyone does it, we can reach the goal of, of having 30% tree canopy over Miami-Dade. I mean, guys, if you can hit this percentage, if we can hit this canopy goal, it'll be huge. It's a start to fixing a way bigger issue, improving healthy life, quality, and beautiful community, making it a better place to live in. And again, it's something that affects all of us. If it's not affecting you right now, chances are it's going to affect you tomorrow. We have learned so much about the current green space shortage that is affecting many of Miami's inner cities and I've spent a good amount of time diving into this issue here in Miami. But to bring it all in, as we conclude our episode today, we want to take a quick moment to say thanks to Jane and Kosi for taking the time to be with us on our podcast and also for sharing their great insight and all the help they're doing for their respective causes. Without them and without all their hard work and effort, we would know less about these current climate issues and as a result, be far less prepared to combat them. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the pod from myself, Thomas and my host Marina and David. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you guys.